Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Our guest today is Brandon Harrop. He is a husband, a father, a founder, an outdoorsman, and a whole bunch of other things that I'm sure we're going to hear about. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Brandon. Appreciate you coming on. We I met Brandon... I think just through a mutual mutual acquaintance, I kept I think I kept seeing your name on um, Braden's Braden Ball his mm. stuff. I just kept seeing. It and I was like, who is this guy? So I I think I just stalked you on Instagram a little bit. I was like, this guy's super cool. I just kind of followed along with you and your your brand. Um, and then we actually met in person at the outdoor OAX OAX yeah. at, at Snow Basin. Um, Braden, Braden Ball is becoming. This what is it the seven layers of Kevin Bacon? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, especially when yeah. it comes to photography, that world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How many steps are you? How many away steps from are? Brayden how many Ball? steps are you away from Braden Ball? <laughs> yeah. Serious. Not many. I I think most people I talk to, even in the outdoor industry, just in general, know, yeah. know him. But I think especially when I talk dude. to outdoor creatives, everyone knows Braden. Uh, just a he's such dude. a stellar dude. Yeah. Absolutely love the kid. Stellar, and he has a great beard. Um, yeah, a beard that I aspire to have one day mm -hmm. when I can grow facial hair. We'll see when that happens. So, and and then we 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 met again at Outdoor Retailer just a couple days later. So, yeah. two touch points just in the last like month, and now here we are. So I, it was yeah. it was good to see uh, it was good to see Outdoor Retailer making a little bit of a comeback too. Absolutely, know, from, yeah. Uh, winter, yeah. Winter back in Utah, and now summer back in Utah. It was yeah. good to see the brands that were there. And the, the connections and the people that were there it was yeah. fun. Where are you yeah. from? So, you know, born in Utah, yeah, um, Salt Lake City, and then spent seven, eight years in California, cool as well, and then now back in back in Utah. Where in California? I was in Rancho Cucamonga. Cool. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> the guest on the on the on the episode at the, actually that we just posted last week was also from Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga. No way. So I say that's that's one of the cooler names for a city. Yeah. In the country, like I'm trying to think, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about cities in Alaska because all of the names there are cooler than everywhere else. But Rancho Cucamonga for the lower 48s, that's an elite name. Mm -hmm. um, so so you remember having like outdoor retailer here when you were mm -hmm. younger? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did you, oh, used yeah. To, did you used to go and like oh, yeah. get all the pro deals and just kind of like. Well, uh, yeah, I've been going to outdoor retailer for maybe 15 years, you know, for a very long time, however long. Um, I can remember being a part of the outdoors. I've definitely been going to outdoor retailer. It's a it's a good show, and it used to be used to be an amazing show. Used to be massive. It used to just be yeah. massive, and yeah. I think that you know over time, quite a few different shows are evolving, and you know the industry is going in quite a few different places as well. Like overlanding sure. is huge right now, right? And so you're yeah. getting a lot of these overlanding events that are becoming a lot more popular. Yeah. as well showing up in the industry yeah yeah but. it's all it's good to see and it's good to see it if i don't know if you went to the winter show back in um or just last year but it mm. was not great um or i think Crickets. at the beginning of the year yeah it was it was really slow and really quiet but yeah. um seeing it make some sort of comeback especially as it's the premier show for the united states mm -hmm. it's it's the biggest it's supposed to be the best to see it kind of be a little bit more energetic Mm -hmm. was good was, yeah. i feel like it was a little bit more well attended so from a brand standpoint and and uh, as a as a business owner here in salt lake it's good to see that yeah it getting a little bit more love yeah and i think i think i met your business partner actually at the big gear show so that's something you guys have been attending as well right yes yeah yeah okay yeah. cool i didn't i didn't i didn't actually know that yeah that was yeah. that was last year that wasn't a great show it was it was okay yeah. it was good Trade shows are hit city, right? Yeah, it's Deer Valley. Deer Valley, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. trade shows can always kind of be a hit and miss, but as a, as a as a business owner, especially in the outdoor industry, you just kind of gotta try it out, see what works. You yeah. actually have to attend it as a brand to see if it's gonna work for you, and then if mm -hmm. it doesn't, maybe wait for a little bit, let let some of these younger trade shows develop, and then and then re-enter. But yeah. true, it was good. Yeah, yeah, and you know can't complain being up in the mountains for a couple of days. It's always true. It's always a win, yeah. um, especially as a business owner when sometimes. Even though you own a business in the outdoor industry, oftentimes you're just staring at a screen, editing. I think probably, mm -hmm. probably in, in your situation, but Happens a lot. Um, so, I wanted to talk a little bit about your upbringing in Utah. Wait, just just growing up, do you feel like you knew that you were going to be a business owner? Do you feel like you were being led in that direction, or 
what'd you want to do? What'd you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Did I know I was going to be a business owner when yeah. I was growing up as a kid? That's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I, uh, as, as long as I can remember, I wanted to create. And so, um, when I was a little kid, um, we would get a lot of neighborhood kids together and we would create these videos, our own homemade videos. Yeah. Um, comedy was like top tier for us. We were just having the time of our lives. You know, we didn't know anything about aperture, shutter speed, frame rate, any of that stuff. You just grab your camera, throw in a VHS tape and go. Yeah. We did these skits like the old like camcorders. Old camcorders, yeah. man. High eight, yep, super yeah. eights, all that stuff. It was it was a good time. Not that I'm that old. But <laughs> yeah. What year was that? Just kind of kind of growing up with and making those videos. Mm, 80s, 90s. 80s, 90s. Nice. Yeah, 80s and 90s. It was a good time. Yeah. So I've always like wanted to be creative and feed my imagination and, uh, you know, tried to whatever style I could direct some of these homemade homemade movies with my friends. Sure. I remember this one we did um, where I actually played Batman <laughs> that had really crappy teeth and a lisp. <laughs> and it was... It was pretty funny. I have to find that again because it was hilarious. Yeah, we're going to need to see evidence of that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I always wanted to create. I always had an imagination, and I think for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to feed that ima imagination. I don't know if I ever thought to myself, hey, I'm going to run a business from this. Yeah. Even now, I shy away from, I guess, that kind of a feeling or that kind of a title, but as far as imagination and being creative, that is something I always want to do. I never want to stop. Yeah. It's been, it's been an absolute dream come true to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you were able to kind of, I guess, like feed channel your creativity into these comedy videos, mm -hmm. um, growing up, but never really thought you're going to be a business owner. You, when, when you were in school, were you generally pretty good at school or did you suck at it? Or mm. I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of the business owners <laughs> we have on here, um, I feel like, Probably ninety percent of them have some form of ADHD. Yes, ditto. It's so um, true. And, and, That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you were good at school? I would agree I? with that. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> man. Being able to even read a book and then forgetting the couple pages before, you know, of what did I just, what the heck did I just read, and yeah. then having to reread it and doing some some things like that. College, you know, I went to college, Cal State, um, but. It wasn't that I was I was never really that great at school, never really cared to be in school. But I think you'll find with a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe many of that have already been on your show have said this as well. Whether they graduated college, whether they went to college, whether they dropped out of high school, whatever. Yeah. Education, though, is still. Is still just absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And so I've always wanted to make sure that I'm as educated as I possibly can be in whatever it is that I'm I'm pursuing. So, yeah. you know, whether it was whether it was college, high school or whatever, a lot of entre entrepreneurs are still that way. You know, they find the best books, they find the best mentors, yeah. they dig in, dig into YouTube, dig into other Skillshare, Masterclass, whatever, yeah. whatever feeds your your uh, imagination and uh, educates you. Education is very important. Yeah, I feel like traditional education doesn't always mesh well with yeah, with right. with with the especially. I feel like creatives, um, mm -hmm. maybe right brain. I think that's the right uh, that's that's the right phrase. But just right brain kind of creative strategic people often struggle in a more traditional setting. But like you said, like learning and and enlightening yourself and and developing skills is is super yeah. important. I think. Like what you said, finding mentors has been my mm -hmm. my best, I guess, like outlet for learning. Mm -hmm. I, I always learn best from from others. Um, I always learn yeah. best from hearing the stories of of entrepreneurs. That's actually one of the reasons I started this podcast. I I, I always listen to a podcast called uh, "How I Built This" with Guy Raz, um, oh, and nice. I love that podcast so much. But it's it's formatted in a similar way where they just tell the story of like this is how this entrepreneur grew up. This is how actually the first episode I listened to was with Jake Burton, um, the founder of or Jake Carpenter, the founder of Burton Snowboards, mm. um, and it just like inspired me. And I, I I actually go back and listen to that episode often because I feel like hearing the stories of entrepreneurs, hearing the story stories of business owners, helps me learn more. And and ta I take a, I take more out of that than I do out of a book because 
I can read as many words <laughs> as 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 mm. possible, and it'll just like you said, I'll I'll forget a couple pages later. I, I don't retain information that way very well, but I retain from watching others. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Audiobooks has been a dream come come true for yeah. for people like me who yeah. struggle to just flip pages and look at sure. nothing but lines and lines. Thank of goodness for technology. Words. Thank goodness <laughs> yeah. for technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you said you, you went, you went to college, you went to Cal state for college Mm -hmm. then? Yeah. Um, right, right off the bat, what'd you study? So I didn't do anything creative when I was in college. You know, originally there was a period in my life where I actually wanted to become a family and marriage counselor. And so I dove pretty deep into studying psychology. You know, those are the two, I guess, main things that I've always gravitated towards was the art, the arts, being creative, imagination, film, photography, graphic design, yeah. and also psychology and people. You know, what makes you tick? Yeah. You know, what are you thinking and why are you thinking that? And what what's your behavior and why do you act that way? You know, those things have always fascinated me. I'm certainly the kind of person that can go to a park and watch people for, you know, all day long and just sure. see them go about their day and and uh, it's, I find it very interesting. You know, the study of people is is pretty cool because human beings are yeah. amazing once you get to know them. Yeah, they are. What what pulled you towards, I guess, like maybe it's just a, a, a desire to learn something you were generally interested in, but what pulled you towards marriage and family counseling? <laughs> That's a great question. Because um, for a creative, that seems kind of random. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Yeah, true. I guess in my group of friends... I remember in high school and even even younger than that, people could talk to me, you know, and so a lot of people would 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 come to me with their <laughs> it's funny to say, but they would come to me with their problems and I would try to give them advice or just listen sure. as best as I could. And I don't know, something about that time period in high school and something about, you know, what if I could really help relationships? What if I could really help people become the best version of themselves that they could possibly be. Yeah. Um, and then translate that over into a better marriage or better parenting or, or, or what have you. And so I was always really fascinated by, by psychology again, again, and the way that the way that people think and the way that people behave. And I, I hoped that I could find creative ways even like, I remember having a mentor in college who was like, well, you're a really great artist but you're studying psychology, maybe there's a way you could come up with visual therapy or, you know, artistic healing or, you know, these kinds of things. And yeah. so I even I even thought a little bit about that um, and venturing that. But ultimately, you know, ultimately the creative side just took over and ran the show. Makes sense. That's that's super awesome. So eventually, what what did you do? What were kind of the next steps after after college? Or I guess how long did you did you go to college? Did you get just kind of a basic degree? Or yeah, two three years. Um, didn't really walk away with any degrees. Okay, but kept going, kept going back. No paperwork. Studying more. <laughs> yeah, no paper trails. Yeah, <laughs> no paper trails on me. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in Cal. I think I was in California. Um, I had a really close friend. His name is Jason Anderson. Who you know, he and I were pretty inseparable for a long time. He bought himself a really nice Sony camera, so I had to buy myself a really nice Sony camera. And the photography just took over and reignited a lot of my a lot of my childhood yeah. again for me. But this time in the form of photography, um, and so I started getting a lot into into photography. And then I found myself from there, you know, as years would go by, I found myself like like liking to spend more time at the computer manipulating the images or adding some text or adding some graphics or adding this or adding that. And so that kind of took me on this journey of photography to graphic design. Yeah. You know, and then graphic design is actually the career path that I took that started me to down this journey of where I am today. And so you know, going from photography and then taking the photos and manipulating these images, maybe turn that into an ad or maybe turn that into a billboard. Sure. And so I pursued jobs that led me to uh, more graphic design opportunities. You know, I got a lot of print knowledge. 
back in the day when print was really, really heavy. Billboards were really heavy. What year there, were, years were, was this like after, after college? Oh, 2000s. Cool. Yeah, 2000s for sure. Worked at a lot of print shops. Worked at some really good uh, marketing agencies. Um, and then just went from graphic designer to art director to creative director to video producer to director. Um, and then just morphed from there into... I'm going to take all this experience and all this knowledge and let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this on my own terms, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. What, what kind of like businesses did you work for? If you're allowed to say <laughs> what, oh, sure. what, yeah. What kind of businesses did you work for just throughout that, I guess your career in, yeah. in a lot of print shops in Utah. Um, cool. you know, some of them don't exist anymore, but they might've been the equivalent of like an al- alpha graphics starting out. Sure. You know, and then I went into some ad agencies, which was a lot of good work because they're really, they've really got this cutthroat mentality of everybody's in a panic. Everything is due immediately. Yeah. You better get this done right away or else all hell is going to break loose. Sure. You know, and you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this, this tiny ad in this magazine must be saving lives or something like Yeah. So, but that was a really good experience because what it does is it forces you to come up with you know, just really stretch your imagination as fast as you can under pressure. Yeah. Um, which was a great experience, even though I hated working there. Love the experience, though, what, yeah. it, what it brought me. Um, and then I just started doing a lot of work for a lot of brands. I worked I worked with Teton Sports for a really long time yeah. um, as their creative director <clears throat> and helping them with a lot of their videos. They were a dream come true type of scenario because... As a brand, they wanted so much video content, and you know when it started out, they had great budgets to to help support that kind of creativity, and so you know we were able to change that brand from a business of just a strictly B two B is what they originally were to actual D two C brand. Yeah, um, with a lot of photography and videography that we were able to do for them. Sure. Um, that seems to be one of the brands that's like this crossroads for me too, where I just, I yeah. know so many people who either are still affiliated with that brand or mm-hmm. were in the past and kind of that same idea with Brandon, yeah. where it's just Brandon like, Ball. yeah, yeah. I actually brought him over to work, to nice. work, to work for, for me Maverick. and be part of the, be part of the team and what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it really was cool. great. Good people. How long ago was that that you were working for Teton Sports then? I think I started with them in... It was 2016. Cool. Um, some other places that I worked for or some other brands that I worked with, you know, Nemo, which is a great brand, Nemo, yeah. Nemo Equipment. Um, we were doing some fun stuff with them and their tents. They had a Galaxy tent back in the day that was just incredible, incredible design. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, and we actually got into a lot of paddleboard brands as well, a lot of, a lot of business from paddleboard companies like Red, Red Paddle Company. Um, they're a big one. We had some fun projects with them. Um, it's been it's been great. Power yeah. practical. Cool. Um, yeah. So when did you you decide you're doing this this work? You were creative director at T Town Sports. It seems like you had a, all these different clients. When did you decide? All right, I'm. I've got enough experience. I could probably do this on my own and and get clients and and make yeah. it a little bit more official. Yeah. Well. Nosha started in 2014, actually. Cool. And it was, a, it was with me and a buddy, you know, and we were, we were just really looking for something we could do together to inspire people to get outside. That was purely our motive. We wanted to make the outdoors as accessible and fun to others as possible. Cool. And so he and I, Terry Hyatt is his name, great friend of mine still, um, we started Nosha together and... We always said to ourselves constantly, it's like, we want to make a million people happy. And that was kind of our that was kind of our motto that kept us going. We want to make a million people happy. And we believe the outdoors will do that. And so what we what we Reasonable did. Thought. <laughs> yeah, that was the thought. Yeah. And so what we did is we we organized these um, hiking events. Um, 50, 60, 70 people would show up and we would just go hike Lake Blanche, or we would just go hike cool. Donut Falls, you know, or we would hike uh, Salt Lake City has a really cool hike. The it's called the Living Room hike. Yeah, you know, and so we would go to some of those places, and it was just fun, you know, just encouraging people. 
everyone come together. Maybe you don't like hiking alone. You know, maybe you didn't, you don't feel comfortable enough. You always wanted to get outdoors, but you never had people you could associate with or be around. Yeah. So that was our goal was to find all those people that were a little bit shy about the outdoors and just get them hiking with us. Okay. Now let's go camping, camping together. We'll provide all the gear. You know, you don't even have to worry about it. Just dip your toes into this and see how rewarding it can be. So we had a lot of camping events, went to Moab a few times with some organized events. Um, Would you like charge people to come on, come on these no. campouts or something? It was just free. Absolutely everything free. Yeah, that's awesome. everything free. How did you How did you fund that? You know, we had a lot of gear with a lot of brands we started working with. Yeah, which was this fun segue of like starting to do something and make an impact in the outdoors. The outdoor community is such a collaborative space that we found that a lot of brands wanted to participate and contribute to that. So, Nemo was actually a big supporter. Um, back in the day, and we had about three, four, five of their of their tents, yeah, you know, and some sleeping bags and stuff. And we would just get together whatever stuff we could, and and here here we go. Let's pull together all our resources and let's go hiking or let's go camping, and uh, make it free and make it accessible for everybody. Um, so we had a lot of good sponsors and people that were helping in that kind of fashion. Yeah. Um, and then we would do park events, like we would rent out a park, and. Uh, bring some music, bring some artists that would play, bring some food trucks, um, have a whole bunch of yard games going on in the park and make that free free as well just to get people to continue to uh, experience the outdoors and, and come together. Now, you know, one way when we started NOSHA, one way that was helping uh, us with the monetary side of things yeah, was we would make some apparel because there was a lot of people that wanted something to represent what we were you know, what we were trying to accomplish. And yeah. so we made a lot of NOSHA apparel and people would buy our buy our clothes as well. Um, we weren't trying to be a clothing brand, but we had plenty of clothing for people to, to buy and support. So that yeah. helped with a lot of things like park rental fees or what have you, maybe yeah. some sleeping bags or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it didn't start out as a, as a creative agency. Yeah, exactly. Essentially. It started out yeah. as just... Just getting start. people outside. Exactly. Yeah. That's super awesome. I had, yeah. I did not know that. Um, so how did how how did it go from it go you know from organizing to, these events yeah. to, and 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 having some apparel and stuff to the I mean I've I've seen seen some of your work. It's pretty incredible. Oh, how you. did it transfer over to that? Because those are two pretty different things. Yeah. Sa- same industry, but yeah. yeah, different ideas. Good question. I think it had everything to do with the people that I was associated with. And yeah. so Terry Hyatt, you know, who I said started this, he and I were both creatives. You know, he's a, he was a great photographer. He was, he was getting into videography as well. Yeah. I was as well. Um, and both of us were exceptional graphic designers. Um, and we just really associated ourselves. Some of the team that we started with Nosha when Nosha was starting You've got Josh Jorgensen, who's an amazing photographer and an amazing videographer. Yeah. Um, Braden Ball was even part of it from the very beginning of, of NOSHA as well. And so we were surrounded, this team that was, that, was, that was kind of the crew trying to make NOSHA work, all happened to be creatives, all happened to be photographers, all happened to be videographers. And we would get more and more brands, you know, sponsoring some of our events, wanting to participate. We were like, I think we've got a really good thing going here. We're all creatives. We have all these brands that want to participate. Yeah. Why don't we start offering, hey, we're going to go on this hike or, hey, we're going to this camping event. Why don't we take some photos of your stuff? Why don't we do a little video of your stuff? Yeah. And so because the crew was already, you know, a bunch of creatives, we just got brands on board wanting to participate and then that morphed into well, let's actually create some content you know that we enjoy um, for these brands and turn it around and yeah. give it back to them and so that started to that started to be really successful we yeah. had a lot of paddleboard companies like i talked about started sending us stuff and starting starting to uh, want our services hammock, <laughs> hammock companies geez i think we were working at like t- with like 10 hammock companies all at once. I know they've worked, worked with Grand Trunk. Um, yeah, but Grand Trunk. Seems, seems like there are a lot of outdoor brands that have yeah. hammocks. And so, yep. <laughs> um, and 
Most of them are the same. But, you know, that's kind of a big, you know. And I feel like when you're gathering a lot of people to just have a bunch of hammocks and be able to, like, hang them all up, mm-hmm. that's pretty valuable. Yeah. And then it, it, that's a lot more natural of a, of a transition to just be like, we've got all these, you know, we've got all these creatives. We've got all these people. We've got all this product. Why aren't we turning on a camera and making some content for these people? And then, you know. Exactly. Ma- that it's like it feels a, like a logical. Like all this, yeah. yeah, all the stars were aligning yeah. and you're like. Let's just take a step yeah, in that direction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, what after after you kind of started started to get all these clients, um, I guess what was your what was your role in the business, and and did you have other people, I guess who who maybe owned the business or were working with mm-hmm. you? What, yeah, because so. you have all these different. Sorry, sorry, you have all these different um, skills. It seems like you're a photographer, videographer, graphic designer. You've had you have this like kind of rich background in creativity. Where did you find yourself, or were you just kind of like directing things, or? Yeah, I think I've always I've always kind of gravitated towards directing, you know, yeah. and producing, um, and I found a lot of fun in that coming up with the ideas, coming up with how to execute the ideas, what the story could look like, sure, you know, where are we gonna add some humor, what's the arc here we're going yeah. for, how do we pull in the heartstrings, and so storytelling has always been a big a big part of my life. Um, and so I've wanted to find a way to get those stories out and tell better stories. Um, and yeah, surrounding myself with other creatives that have the same vision has been able to make that, that possible. So Nosha now, you know, we've, I've got a partner, Josh Jorgensen, who I've already mentioned once before. Yeah. You know, he is an outstanding cinematographer and DP. Yeah. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. I've actually yeah. met Josh. Before. Yeah. You've yeah. met him before. Yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. So we work on everything together, and when we need photography, we bo- we pull in Braden Ball or some other resources like Kaylor uh, Kaylor Dastrop, yeah, who's an amazing friend as well. Um, so we've got this small crew that we're constantly constantly working with. But Josh and I pretty much brainstorm and come up with everything that we work on together um, full time. That's what it looks like. Cool. Looks like now. Cool. So yeah. y- you and Josh was that was that kind of the the beginnings too. You and Josh were there and just kind of mm-hmm. t- took took the the reins of that. Um, yep. So you do you guys co own the business or mm-hmm. just kind of split it? Yep. That's awesome. And it's your full time job. Yep. Doing create doing this is it creative projects. Is it specifically for brands or do you take on individuals or kind of what what does that look like? Yeah, our specialty is definitely in the outdoor industry. Sure. Um, but but the, we find a lot of fun in in doing even commercial or corporate types type of things as well. Like we've done, we've done a commercial for Burt brothers. Even it was a lot of fun to work on presented some really cool, unique challenges. Um, a lot of studio work, even, um, kind of a change of pace. It feels like, yeah, find a good change of pace, but I would say the outdoor industry is definitely a, a niche of ours and something we've gravitated towards because, you know, as you, as you start to build a portfolio, that's what you share. That's what, you know, gravitates to other brands see that that are yeah. that are you know similar to them and want want to uh, use your services as well but. yeah that's really cool what um i guess recently i'm i'm familiar with some of the projects you've done um and i'd like to ask about those but what's your favorite project that in in from the from the conception of the company when when did you officially start nosha 2014 so in 2014 till, till now what has been your your favorite project mm. that you've worked on. You can shout out the Man. brand, you can shout out people, <laughs> just whoever it is. Man, that's such a good question because I'm in such a wonderful position where I get so many of these unique opportunities. I'm so incredibly grateful for all of them. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite projects ever, you know, I would say Peak Refuel, they are huge, huge Friends of ours. We love people. Um, just absolutely <laughs> outstanding individuals. For me, it's yeah. always about the people. You know, there's a lot of brands out there that I want to work with, but 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 to me, it's all about finding these people that I gravitate to that are just downright amazing human beings. Yeah. That's what Peak Refuel is, you know? Yeah. And so we have had a, quite a few projects that we've done with them that have just been so fun to work on, but... One in particular, we did this uh, hydration commercial for them, and we didn't 
we wanted to do everything. And when I say everything, there's a lot of, a lot of practicals that we used. For example, on this, in this hydration video, there's this powder explosion, but it's spelled out in the name of the flavors of, of the drink. So we wanted That's to complicated. get, we wanted to get <laughs> as creative as possible and be like, yeah. well, we don't want this to be some after effects animation type of thing. We want to actually make this. So we went, we, blew up the letters uh, or blew up the word you know i think of pina colada for example is one of their flavors yeah blew it up big cut it out on a stencil and then we got a bunch of colored sand so we put this on a surface this stencil on a surface that had a lot of give to it sure and then fill the stencil up with the sand so it spells pina colada lift the stencil away and then films film like josh or myself underneath smacking the powder up cameras like facing down wow smack the powder up and you have this explosion of powder that looks like the name and the flavors kind of exploding at you but then play that in reverse and all of a sudden it goes from this explosion yeah. just down to spelling spelling the flavor so that was a lot of fun to come up with the practicals Man. the practicals of that you know another project that I'll never forget and probably what most people talk about the most when they uh, talk to us is the bear video. And so uh, we got to shoot with with the brand Teton Sports. We got to film this this uh, commercial featuring a 600-pound bear. An actual bear. An actual bear. Okay. Yep, actual bear. <laughs> like I was calling around Hollywood, finally found somebody. I need to no, find I a need bear. I need a bear. I need to find a bear. Do you have any oh bear actors I can use? You know, Hollywood in California, they wanted like, $50,000 to shoot with this bear. I was like, oh, man, they don't have the budget for that. But I didn't give up. I kept looking around. Finally, we found Doug and Lynn Seuss. And they live here in Utah, and they are actually amazing trainers. They have wolves. They have bears. They have they have these oh boy. just <laughs> magnificent. Well, come to find out, Bart the bear is who we used. Come to find out. This is the same bear that's been in Dr. Doolittle. This is the same bear that's been in Game of Thrones. Holy you know? crap. So we have, this, <laughs> we have this incredible opportunity. And what we want to do is, I should back up a little bit. So we first, Rewind it. We, <laughs> we first shot this video for Teton Sports featuring a sumo wrestler on a cot. So they have okay. this cot. They have this cot that says, you know, it'll hold 600 pounds. So we're like, let's come up with all these creative ways we can put 600 pounds or put a whole bunch of force on it. So we had like a bunch of kids jumping on the cot, 99 monkeys jumping on the bed. Um, we had like a linebacker run into the cot, you know, and hit the linebacker falls down instead of the cot. Then put a sumo on it, Bigfoot. We just did all these funny. I feel like finding a sumo wrestler. Oh, that was might have been harder than finding a bear. <laughs> it almost was. Yeah. It really almost was, especially in Utah or, yeah. or the United States of America. You're where like, did I need to know where you found the sumo wrestler? Just for personal reasons. You know, in case friend I of a friend. Really, you just put the word out there. <laughs> friend of a friend. He actually drove. He actually drove up from New Mexico. I want to say okay. or Arizona. Met us here in Utah, and it was. It was great. He was awesome to work That's with. That's so cool. So we had this video. It was the most successful video Teton has ever had. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting the challenge to one-up this. You know, how do we top yeah. this? How do you top having how do we top this incredible? Yeah. No, no. How do we top this sumo? Oh, how do you top the sumo wrestling? Yeah, and that's this, a, and that's this, probably a better question. Other, this other thing. So we're like, ooh, what if we, got a, what if we found a 600-pound bear? So, you know, I did my research and digging. We finally found uh, Doug and Lynn, who are outstanding individuals. And uh, we came up up with this cot, and we got to train with the bear. We uh, did some engineering with the cot so that the it wouldn't shift when the bear steps up on it because he can't roll his ankle or anything like that. You know, it needs sure. to be super sturdy. But yeah, it was it was a blast. That was one of my favorite projects for sure. Just to be able to work with a trained bear and these individuals who yeah. are making him do all these. You know, these perfect movements that you want to happen. You want him to step up here. You don't want him to then growl at the camera or wave goodbye or scratch his belly or whatever. It's, yeah. It was a really cool experience. It was That's from like so me cool. to you to this 600 pound bear the entire, <laughs> entire time. I'm like, 
he could just flip on a dime and just decide to take us all out. Yeah, yeah, that's always kind of the the, the fear with with uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm from Alaska, um, and you know that's because that's one of the first things that anyone from Alaska will mention because we're obnoxious. But um, <laughs> I would rather encounter a bear than a spider. Hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I I would rather like run into a bear in the woods than there be a tarantula. I I just I, I, maybe it's the way I grew up. Maybe I would change my mind if I really can't because I've I've came close to bears just being. In Alaska, you see them on a daily basis if you're out in the mm. woods, essentially, but um, or just on the side of the road. But that's incredible. <laughs> that's six yeah. And so, be honest with us. Um, unless you can't, did the bear actually? Did it hold up? Did oh, the, yeah. it, the, the cot it did. held the bear? Oh yeah, it that's did. so awesome. Yep, um, absolutely. That's so cool. Um, so you're working with all these brands. Uh, what, what, what? I guess keeps you going on a daily basis because doing all these creative projects i think um there's burnout associated with being it being an entrepreneur what what keeps you motivated and you've said people it yeah. sounds like a big driver but people are people are is definitely people is that's not a very great way to say that people right. people are very very motivational you know to keep you going surrounding yourself with other creatives really helps too yeah you know if you're doing it solo, it can be frustrating and difficult at times. But when you keep yourself surrounded by by good people, other creatives, or other mentors, they could be a really driving force. When you have those days and you're just doing some monotonous stuff, you know, and it's getting tiring, yeah, or what have you. Um, what keeps us going, you know, I would say the opportunity to tell better stories. And so as as more brand as we get the opportunity to work with more brands. Yeah. We also get the opportunity to tell bigger and bigger stories. Um, I uh, got off a got off a shoot not too long ago. I'm excited for this short documentary to come out. I was able to work with Ben Wyland, Bobcat Davis, you know, wow. Milo Fowler. Yeah. As they document this bike journey from That's actually the one I was gonna ask yeah, about. The, so Yeah, the salt yeah. yeah, we did this they actually, Josh Jorgensen and Milo Fowler. They biked from the Great Salt Flats yeah. all the way down to Arizona. Yeah, I know Josh was wearing our sunglasses actually, because oh, nice. Braden, Braden would send me little pictures that he was taking throughout yeah. the process and be like, "Yeah, hey," and so would Josh. He actually picked him up from. So the opportunities day like that are just yeah. reinvigorating completely. You know, because totally. you're, you're out there. We were out there for like nine or ten days straight. I was following the journey. I was like, "How long oh, <laughs> is this going to take?" Because I followed so that bike ride awesome. last year with yeah. Milo, and then I was I. I knew a couple of the guys who were on it. So like my whole nice. story was just like yeah. that process taking place. I yeah. was like, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, man, we saw some things, geez, running, riding, riding with wild horses, camping with the, excuse me, camping with wild horses. Yeah. Um, just incredible, incredible places off road in Utah. I've, I've never even seen before that are just right here in our backyard. That is really reinvigorating for sure. So, Finding bigger, bigger, better opportunities to keep being creative and participate with other creatives. Yeah. You know, I didn't have I didn't have much to do except crew support in an instant like that, and yet seeing other people being creative and expressing themselves and telling yeah. a story can just can just really motivate you as well to to do some things. Um, I had another opportunity recently. Later this year, we'll be releasing a short documentary. Um, with this incredible athlete who's rowing across the Pacific Ocean right now. So she left from She's Monterey. She's still at it. I remember still you posting it. about it, but I was 30 days. <laughs> I guess I, that shouldn't take yeah. a short amount of time. Yeah. So, Yep. She's, she's still at it. As of this day right now, she's been rowing for 30 days straight, you know, oh and hopefully, gosh. hopefully it takes her 50 to 60 days, I think is her, is her goal. Um, but, you know, she's just an incredible human being. We're doing a little documentary on her. Her name's Jamie Linker, and she's she's out there rowing right now, two-man team across the Pacific. And it's been a wild start for them, too, with so, storms. So they have a boat and, trailing that? or No. Oh, my no. gosh. <laughs> no. How do you get the, the footage from that documentary? Because that feels like a complicated process. Yeah, so we're we're not able to to film any, any of the in-between when they're actually out in the middle of the ocean. Um, but the start... And the finish. Yeah. And, and then uh, we'll take plenty of opportunities to interview friends and family and even go to 
uh, her house. She's from Colorado. Yeah. You know, maybe interview her and ask her some questions. Cool. Um, but we'll get plenty of footage of her leaving and rowing within the Bay areas of of uh, where they start and finish. But wow, yeah. where is she? Where did she start? So they started in Monterey, California. Cool. Yeah, and they're rowing all the way across twenty eight hundred miles to Kauai. Oh gosh, okay. that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I have so many questions about that, but I think. <laughs> Hopefully one day I'll be able to ask her. Maybe at the maybe at when you one of you guys are the documentary. Yeah. Um, so I guess as a, as a, as a business owner now, you have all these super cool projects happening. Um, what do you feel like is your biggest challenge right now as as an entrepreneur in the outdoor industry? Hmm. That's a good question. What's the biggest challenge right now? You know, sometimes sometimes your vision is bigger than the budget. <laughs> I feel that on a personal <laughs> level so deeply. Yeah. You know, you really want to tell as many creative stories as you can. And sure. It takes money. You know, it's, it definitely takes money. So money is always a factor. I wish it wasn't. But the cool thing is, though, I love that challenge because that presents us with an opportunity to, you know, here's your parameters. Make something great. Make something that exceeds, you know, any expectations. The famous Pixar quote, make me care, right? That's our job as storytellers to, is to make the audience care. Yeah. And, you know, the audience doesn't know what your budget is. The audience doesn't know what your limitations were. You know, they don't yeah. know any of that. And so being able to really still tell a story, you know, that pulls on their heartstrings or has that emotional appeal to it or makes them care about a product, about a person, about an activity, about a, a business, about, about anything. Making them care, you know, through stories is, is always a unique challenge. You know, we faced all kinds of challenges with weather. Yeah. You know, working, working in the outdoor space. Of course. Um, and creating, you know, we've had, we've had talent cancel at times, budget restrictions, weather, um, the elements just not participating. Maybe there's certain areas that looked like things were permitted that all of a sudden things are not permitted and we have to scramble to find new location. Sure. Uh, maybe the location doesn't look anything like it should. We thought it would on Google Earth. Yeah. Uh, or, or what have you, you know, when we're trying to do some scouting. And so it's really about, you know, being able to accept those challenges and be quick on quick on your toes, quick on your feet to figure out, you know, how are we going to make this work? How are we still going to make something amazing out of this? Yeah. So that always, always offers some unique challenges. They're a blast. Cool. Yeah. I have, I have two questions for you. Um, two, two last questions. Who is the person um, that you feel like in your adventure, in your career, you've taken the most inspiration from and that you maybe still do? pull inspiration from hmm. you know I am I don't want this to sound cheesy I want this to sound as sincere as possible sure. mother earth I am overwhelmed by her beauty and if I can just see all of it you know that is my that is my dying wish <laughs> Yeah, that's the biggest that's probably one of the biggest mentors in my life is is actually the earth, because my gosh, the places that I've been able to see. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, uh, Jedediah Jenkins, you know, he wrote this book to shake the sleeping self or wake the sleeping self. Crap. Favorite favorite author. And I can't even remember his book right now. Somebody correct me. So this goes, <laughs> grows properly in the air. Jamie? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think it's to shake the sleeping self. You know, he writes in this book about how invigorating travel is. Yeah. Just absolutely invigorating travel is. And that is so true. I believe in that completely to shake the sleeping self. Yeah. You got to, it. Yeah. Favorite author, Jedediah Jenkins to shake the sleeping self. Yeah. yeah. So the way he talks about travel is just exactly how I feel. Yeah. That's been a big inspiration for me. That's been such a motivation, such an inspiration to me. Going and seeing this mountain, going and seeing the light hit this hill, you know, f going to Qatar and seeing how that culture is and how they act, going to Asia, Vietnam, Taiwan, and seeing 
you know, w- what kind of beauties they have to offer. Yeah. You know, that's been, that's been huge for me. Yeah. And then I would say, and then I would say a lot of the people that are, that I still call my, my dear friends, you know, everything I see Braden Ball do, you yeah. know, he's very inspiring to me. He, <laughs> he, he keeps me going. He keeps me inspired. Josh Jorgensen, just talented, talented individuals. Um, every single one of these creatives that I get to be associated with, with, um, really, really keeps me going, really inspires me, you know, cause I see the great work that they're doing and, and I'm so fortunate to see behind the scenes, yeah. you know, somebody that watches a 15 second t- commercial, 30 second commercial, two minute commercial, whatever, Yeah. you know, they might just think it's, that's a, that's a half day's work or, you know, maybe they're just out there with an hour with their camera and they're making it all happen. But yeah, but to actually be behind the scenes and see how much, how hard these creatives work is very inspiring to me. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to be with them. That's awesome. Um, I love what you said about, um, just taking inspiration from mother earth because that, that travel, um, can happen, especially we're, we're so lucky to be in Utah because that travel can happen in your own backyard. And I still, even I've, I've been up the Cottonwood canyons hundreds and yeah. hundreds of times. And I have, oh, I've only lived here for five years. I love those two canyons. But we'll go up there for a for an event or for a race or just to just go ski. And uh, I'll just like, anytime I'm driving up or down those canyons, I'm like, my freaking goodness. Like Seriously. what a like driver of life the outdoors can be. <clears throat> um, and the way those canyons show off spring... Oh show yeah! Off summer, oh show off fall, show we are off winter. So lucky, oh boy, yeah, yeah, right here in our own backyard. And then just not too far away from Big and Little Conwood Canyon, you have the Uintas. Yeah, not most people know about. There's like hundreds yeah. of lakes up there, surrounded by pine trees everywhere. Yeah, go two, three hours south. Red rocks everywhere, arches galore. Yeah. Oh, we're spoiled here in Utah. I we absolutely so love it. And they call it the Crossroads of the West for a reason. Absolutely it's like you love can it. be in Yellowstone in four hours. You can be in the Sawtooths. Yeah. You can be, you can you can make it to to California and to anywhere on the West Coast in like ten hours. It's just yeah. like, and the great. drives to any of those places. Some people might think that they're a little bland. If you think that those drives are bland, you've never been to Nebraska. But um, even <laughs> Once you get even to Utah, there, it's just beautiful. Anywhere you continue to go west is pretty it, beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, we're we're super blessed to be here. Um, and I, thanks for bringing that up. Hashtag uh, blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Everyone. Praise be. Um, Praise be. <laughs> um, my last question: If there was a a lesson um, f- that you would want our listeners to take from your adventure with Nosha. Um, in your life, what would you want it to be? Hmm. If there's a lesson. Yeah, if your grandkids were listening to this. If my grandkids were listening. If, if grandkids your grandkids are, are listening to this podcast in 100 grandkids. years, I've done something right. You've so. been doing Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah. Hello, Brandon's grandchildren. Hello, <laughs> children. Yes. And first off, thank Michael Wolf that you are watching this today because yeah. he's been doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I would say don't let fear get in the way of what you want to accomplish. You know, we as human being beings have this natural tendency to get in our own way and yeah. to be our biggest our biggest stumbling block, if you will, you know, to prevent us from the things that we really want to create or the things that we really want to improve upon. Um, it's usually us in our own way. Um, I would say the greatest lessons that I've learned, and I won't say they came easy, were when I push past that fear. You know, doing doing this with Josh Jorgensen and myself, and even starting this with Terry Hyatt back in 2014. You know, there was a lot of fear. What if nobody likes this? Yeah. You know, no, what, who cares that we want to get people outside? Who cares about Terry Hyatt and Brandon Harrop? Like, why should anybody care about us? You know, or or maybe we're not creative enough with the camera or our storytelling or our writing or whatever it is. You know, you can get inside sure. your head and you can really prevent you, yourself from doing a lot of things that you want to accomplish. But you absolutely can do it. Some of the best advice I ever got was make it work for 30 days. Just yeah. make it work for 30 days. 
don't look so far into the future or whatever. If you can make this work for 30 days, then start over. Make it work for another 30 days. Oh, that worked? Oh, let me do it for another 30 days. Yeah. And then boom, you'll see this beautiful momentum just start to build to help you accomplish all those things you could ever dream. So believe in yourself. Get out of your way. You absolutely can do the things that you want to do. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Yeah. Just most people just don't even try. Right. Yeah. Most course. people just just don't even try this wonderful podcast that you got going on. I bet yeah. I bet you encountered some challenges, some fears, some yeah. some things that prevented you from even starting. But then, yeah. you know, once once you get going, just keep keep moving forward. Yeah. And the thought was there for a long time at this thing. Um, right. For years to yeah. start this. Yeah. I just had no idea Same. how to do it. And so I wonder what it is that yeah. takes us so long sometimes. I think it's ourself. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, and it's the it's the waiting and stuff that just holds you back. Like just just that's what I always tell people is like just and not that I get all these like I'm not I'm not being bombarded by questions about business. I absolutely love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love creativity. Um, and so when I do get questions, I'm always really honored like that anybody would ask mm -hmm. me something, but I'm always just like, just start doing stuff. Yeah. Just like, and Serious. there's the cliche, like fake it till you make it. And there's some, um, issues with that, but I think for the most part, it's true. Just like start and figure it out. And, uh, you know, just like love the journey of like, of entrepreneurship and, and, and of business yep. or whatever you're doing, just like go yeah, figure it out and you'll figure it out and you'll learn way more. Um, coming it back doesn't to matter if any of those were unsuccessful. Yeah. Keep, keep the ideas keep going. Failing. Keep failing. Yeah. Keep, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. 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 It's hard to stay motivated um, through failure, but man, coming back to what you're saying about education, failing and just trying stuff and failing and failing and failing is the fastest way that I learned how to do anything. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure within the last, you know, 10 years if I've, if I've really learned how to do something like truly adopted a characteristic or a lesson um, that I've taken in my life without trying it and failing first. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for those words. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, if there's a, please shout out your business. Where can we find you? Where can brands find you if they need your, if you need, need your services? You can look into this camera. Absolutely. Right <laughs> yeah. So Brandon Harrop, Nosha Studios, um, and you can find us at nosha.us, um, -E Instagram, N-O-C-E-A. Yeah. Could yeah. you describe the, 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 the meaning behind that? Like you were describing to me and Matt yeah, before the pronounced, podcast. It's pronounced Nosha like the ocean. And so if you remember the ocean, then you can definitely remember how to pronounce Nosha. Yep. Yeah. Uh, online, social media. Yep. You can follow my Instagram if you want. B <laughs> underscore Harrop, H-A-R-R-O-P. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.